thank you, Father, for meeting us this evening in such a personal way. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful, Father, of all the things you have to attend to. Oh, that you've inhabited yourself in our praises this evening. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we have so much to celebrate because he is a faithful God. Wherever you are, just let him know you are faithful, God. You are faithful, God, and we are grateful. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh, thank you, my brothers and sisters, for tuning in to join us on this Wednesday evening as we spend the, the next few moments reflecting on the word of God together. There's not a more safe place, not a more secure place that in the presence of the Lord together. And so today the Lord has impressed upon my heart to share a message with you entitled Unexpected, Finding Purpose in the In-Between. And we're going to be studying from the text found in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. So if you have your Bible, turn there with me as we read the word of the Lord together. And the word of the Lord reads as such. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. May the Lord add blessing to his word. Now many of you are familiar with this text. We know it as the proclamation of the Great Commission where the disciples had finally received their marching orders from their commander. And although many of us have probably grown up hearing uh, this story, hearing sermons about this many times, we often forget the context in which it was written. See, as we pick up this text today, we find ourselves in the 40-day period after the resurrection of Jesus, where the disciples had to figure out what came next for them. Although Jesus was only going to be with them for a short period of time, many of them couldn't fathom what the next season was going to hold for them. So they found themselves in this strange in-between moment in many ways. Here they were back in Galilee, standing face to face with Jesus, looking at the brilliance of his resurrected body. And yet some of them were struggling. The text tells us that some of them doubted. And if you think about it, it makes total sense. Oh, in their humanity, they were 
probably dealing with the collective trauma of everything that had transpired in that season. It had only been a little bit over a month since the events at Calvary had taken place. Some of them were probably afraid of uh, the oncoming persecution as the state was trying to rub out any semblance of an uprising. I'm sure some of them were concerned about their own sustainability, their safety, even what was coming next. And yet, even with uncertainty looming around them, even in this unexpected season of vulnerability, they stayed strong in their faith and found something priceless. Oh, they found new purpose in the Lord. And this is so encouraging for you and I today, beloved, because like the disciples, we find ourselves in a strange and unexpected time in our history. Many know that we're just a few weeks shy of the next presidential election and nobody really knows what's going to happen. Some political pundits have it going in favor of one candidate while others are predicting exactly the opposite. And based on what we saw in 2016, no one can really predict uh, what's going to happen. As we watch this strange virus that has invaded the world, we see that although it's not as bad as it was in the spring, we're still not out of the woods. So we're in this strange in-between time. As we look around our nation, racial tensions continue to run high. And while we've made some progress as a nation, there's still many places where deeply seated systemic racism needs to be purged. And while by the grace of God we're not in a lockdown anymore, the impact of the economic downturn is adding stress on families as layoffs continue across sectors. So people are struggling, so many people are struggling because they just don't know what's coming next. Oh, sometimes this in-between season can leave us feeling restless. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I feel like Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, we're no longer in the pit, uh, but we're still not in the palace uh, that God promised us. Oh, truth be told, that in-between place can even feel like a prison sometimes. Oh, I don't know where you find yourself this evening, beloved. Maybe you're in between jobs. Maybe you're in between your current home and your dream home. Maybe you're in between an idea and the launch of a business. Or maybe this in-between season has left you feeling stationary or stagnant or even just stuck. But I want you to know tonight, beloved, that this season is not time wasted. It's not time lost because it's in those unexpected in-between times that our true purpose reveals itself. Oh, but we need to be brave enough to embrace those assignments from the Lord.
Oh, if we look at the scriptures, what did Jesus do with these unexpected in-between times? Oh, he did some powerful things. On his way to Jairus' house to uh, raise his daughter from the dead. What does he do with that in-between journey? He has a profound encounter with a woman with an issue of blood. A woman who found her healing during that in-between time. On another occasion, we see Jesus traveling from Judea to Galilee. And so he decided to cut through Samaria. And who does he meet but the famous woman at the well? Oh, come on, you know her. She was the woman who had five husbands, none of which was hers. But this woman that day, in that in-between space, in that in-between time, found deliverance. Oh, Jesus did some powerful ministry on his way from point A to point B. And I believe that it's often in those unexpected places, in those in-between spaces, that we discover the most valuable items in our lives. Oh, and I know that because that was my story. It was in an in-between time that I reconnected with my boo. See, I was back home from finishing my undergraduate studies, and God used that moment to weave our lives back together. Nineteen years, two beautiful children, and one fluffy dog later. I'm so thankful for that in-between time God gave us. And as the great Dr. Louis Carlos Sr. reminded me recently, he who finds a good husband finds a good thing. Hallelujah. Oh, apparently his Bible says that somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> oh, if we look around us, beloved, we'll see some valuable items. If we just take time to open our eyes, if we take time to look again at those in-between spaces. Oh, come on, you know it's true. What's the best part of a sandwich? The fixings inside. I don't know anybody that goes to Subway, anybody that goes to their local deli salivating for an air sandwich. No, they're thinking about that steak sandwich, that chicken cutlet sandwich, that pastrami on rye, or for you vegetarians, that veggie sandwich deluxe. Oh, with the vegetable season just the right way. <laughs> What's the best part of an Oreo? Everybody knows it's the vanilla filling in the middle of the cookies. What's the best part of a Tootsie Roll Pop? The delicious chocolate filling inside. Come on, do you see where I'm going? What's the best part of a road trip? It's never the destination. It's often the songs and the jokes and the valuable memories you make on the road to wherever you're going. Oh, I don't know what it's like for you, but in my family, when we do a road trip, we have a blast. We do our own version of a carpool karaoke, even though nobody can sing. We do trivia and we have a junk food buffet of epic proportions. If you need some notes, come talk to me. <laughs> oh, there's some valuable things in those in-between times and those in-between spaces. 
Even this in-between season of this pandemic, although it has delayed many things we wanted to do, it's reminded us that the best part of the church is not the building, but the heart of the people inside. Oh, there's value in the unexpected and in-between moments and spaces of our lives. And it's in one of those in-between spaces that we find the heart of our mission as the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, a multi-ethnic and, and global mission that Jesus gives to his disciples to raise up a mighty army for the Lord. Oh, and Jesus gives them a proactive strategy by telling them, listen, don't wait for people to come to you. You go. You go and make disciples. Using a beautiful Trinitarian formula, you go and you do so in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and in this in-between moment, in this time of transition and questions for the disciples, God gave his people these beautiful marching orders. And since then, billions of people have been reached throughout our history because of that moment. Although their future wasn't fully defined, the promise of new purpose was discovered hallelujah so for those of you that find yourselves in a in a season of transition you're not at point a you're not at point b you're some weird unexplained place in between don't give up I encourage you to embrace that season and, and challenge you to look again to find new purpose in the Lord had the disciples given up, had they gotten antsy or anxious, they would have missed out on this great commission they were given. So don't miss out because you give up too early. Let's look again at those in-between spaces and find new purpose in the Lord. And so practically speaking, what does that look like? I believe, church, that we need to be prepared to do three things. Three things we need to be prepared to do. Number one, I believe these verses tell us that we need to be prepared to come full circle. See, the disciples were directed to return to Galilee without even knowing what they would encounter when they got there. We know it's where Jesus' ministry began, and it was now the launching pad of a new journey for the disciples. And so I want you to know that where you started may one day be the place of new beginnings for you. Oh, our God has an incredible sense of humor, and he may elect to bring you right back where it all began for you. And so God may need you to go from point A to point B, but it's to equip you at point B to go back to point A with new directions, with new skills, to fulfill a new assignment for him. 
oh, I know it's not what you want to hear. I am so sorry. It's just the way it be, like Pastor says. <laughs> it just is the way it is. Sometimes we have to go back with a new frame of thinking, with new experience under our belt, with new lenses of faith to serve in a new capacity. Oh, I was so ready to leave New York City as a young person. And here I am ministering in the same community that's been home to my family for four generations. Oh, God certainly has a sense of humor. <laughs> so when you receive those marching orders in those in-between times, don't be surprised if God asks you to go back to where you started, but this time with a new assignment in hand. So we need to be prepared to come full circle if that's what the Lord wants of us. Number two, beloved, we need to be prepared to worship even when it doesn't make sense. Verse number 17 tells us that when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Although they had seen him before, there was still this underlying fear ruminating in their minds. I'm sure they were thinking, is that really him? Am, am I seeing this right? Am I hearing this correctly? Could he be talking to us? Could he be entrusting us with this assignment? It's so big. How are we going to do it? We don't have experience. Surely this can't be right. And oftentimes, church, we fall into this trap. God speaks and we question whether or not we really hear him. We feel his presence and we wonder if it was really him. He leaves us a trail of breadcrumbs leading us to a specific place and we wonder if that was him. Oh, yes, it was but in that in-between time, God understands that we may have questions. God understands that we may be uncertain about a thing or two, but we cannot allow our faith to waver. We still have to worship with the certainty that he's not going to steer us wrong. We have to worship with the certainty that although things may change around us, he's still sitting on his throne even when we don't understand, we still have to praise. And although we may not be where we want to be, we have to praise him for where we are. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to understand that before we get a title, before we get an assignment, before he entrusts unto us any part of his mission, he's looking out to see if we're going to worship first. Because you can't worship because he's giving you an assignment. No, he'll trust you with an assignment because you've worshiped. Oh, in Acts, we see when Paul and Silas were in jail, they, they prayed and they worshipped until the chains that bound them fell to the ground. Because I believe that something powerful happens when we worship regardless of where we are. When we worship regardless of the circumstances. When we worship regardless of how dark it may seem. When we worship anyways. Oh, you want to get out of that in-between time? Worship your way out. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, and so if we want to learn to navigate those in-between places and spaces in our lives, then we have to be prepared to worship even when it doesn't make sense. And finally, brothers and sisters, if we're going to navigate those times of transition in our lives, we have to be prepared to understand the context of God's assignment unto us. See, the Great Commission is one of the most misinterpreted and misapplied pieces of scripture in my humble opinion. Many hear these verses and think that it's about bringing the light of the gospel to a dark and unenlightened part of the world. But I want you to know, here is a news flash, brothers and sisters. God is already in those places. We need to understand that God is already in the highways and byways of the world. He's already in the remote villages of Africa. He's already in the rural communities of China. He's already deep in the jungles of the Amazon. He's already on the streets of the Middle East. We are not the holy saviors of those people groups swooping in to bring God with us. Oh, the Spirit of God is not bound by geography. He doesn't need a, a plane or a train or a boat to get there. He's been there since the beginning of time. And so sadly, so many have approached this wonderful opportunity to share the gospel, this great commission, really from the wrong angle. So many have approached it in terms of this banking model mentality that the great pa uh, Paulo Freire identified in his book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And so there's a body of thinking that says that, that people are like piggy banks and they're waiting to be filled with a, a knowledge from an expert like you and I. So it's our job to come along and impart the knowledge unto them. Frary argues that each person is not empty but has prior knowledge and has prior experiences inside of them that if capitalized upon could help the educator reach greater results. And so our job is not to come and be the saviors of people. No, our job is to help people become students of the word by bridging the gap between their own context and the content of the holy scriptures. That's literally what disciple means, a student. And so I, I think, for example, of the experience of Philip in Acts chapter 8, and, and, and he was in yet another in-between moment. Philip is on his way from Jerusalem to Gaza, and he meets an Ethiopian eunuch. Oh, and instead of preaching to him, instead of downloading his theology, Philip's, Philip begins by doing what? By listening and learning first. And so he discovers the eunuch is reading from the book of Isaiah. What does he do next? He asks a question. And he asks, do you understand what you're reading? And that simple act of listening and asking a question 
being a humble learner, sitting at the foot of culture, opens the door for him to sit with the eunuch and study the scriptures together. And yes, eventually the eunuch is baptized because of that powerful exchange, that learning experience between the two. And so I challenge you today, what would it look like to help people become students of the word instead of trying to download unto them our version of the gospel? No. We have to help people become students of God and his word. One biblical scholar put it like this. The command is to make disciples of all nations, not from all nations. The Great Commission is not about soul extraction, to remove disciples from his or her culture, but instead to make disciples from within their cultural context. And so as Christians, beloved, we have a responsibility to understand the culture and how it works so we can contextualize the gospel for that culture. And yes, that includes our own neighborhoods. That includes our own zip codes. And so I believe, beloved, if we're in this in-between space, we have an opportunity to look again at how the Great Commission would apply to us today in one of the most diverse cities in the world, right in the middle of a pandemic. What does it look like to go today when there's travel bans across the nation? What does it look like to go when you can't hop on a plane to do missions? What does it look like to make disciples when we, we can't sit in a class together? Oh, we have to look again at what it means to pick up this assignment in this context at this time in the history of humanity. Oh, when God made you, he knew that there would be some unsaved family members in your life that would need you. He knew that there would be struggling neighbors, that there would be co-workers, even people at the local bodega that would need someone like you to touch their lives, not by preaching, but by living the gospel message in this context at this time. Also, when they fall in love with the God that you're modeling for them, they can't help but to hunger to learn more. And that's what Jesus did. He showed up in an urban context, a poor immigrant from the other side of the tracks, to show us how to live out the Great Commission. And so as you try to figure out how to navigate this in-between season that you find yourself in, this odd and unexpected season of transition, I would encourage you to look again at your assignment as a follower of Jesus Christ. And how you can adapt it, how you can creatively approach it, how you can contextualize it for a time such as this. Oh, I know these in-between times are not easy. We, we can feel stuck because we're not where we want to be. But could we 
in these in-between times. Discover a new purpose in the Lord as he uses us to change lives right where we are. Oh, when he said to go, it was not necessarily a charge to hop on a plane or hop on a boat, although those things are wonderful. But it was an invitation to leave our place of comfort, to leave our place of safety and live the gospel in our context for a time such as this. And although we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, you and I can make a difference today. Also, let's look again at this time and, and embrace it with new purpose, embrace it with new determination, embrace it with new joy as the Lord positions us to accomplish amazing things in his name. This in-between time is not time wasted. This in-between time is not time lost. But could we look again and find those nuggets, find those valuable things that God God has left for us as we embrace our purpose in him in this context for this time and for a moment such as this oh let us pray almighty God we come humbly before you this evening so grateful Lord for this reminder from your word that although there are times of uncertainty there, although there are times where we are not quite where we think we should be, not quite where you have promised us, that's not time lost. We thank you for all the valuable ministry you did in those in-between spaces. And I, I pray, Father, that you give your sons and daughters eyes to see and ears to hear the opportunities to make a difference right where they are. That when you told them to go and make disciples, they would have the courage to leave their place of safety and live the gospel in a dark and broken world world. I thank you, my God, that even in spite of our shortcomings, you have chosen us for this big, bold, brave mission. And we are grateful, my God. So use us to be the change you want to see, my God, in this community, in this city, and all across the world. Oh, I pray, my God, that you deposit fresh oil, fresh anointing over your sons and daughters for a time such as this. So while others are anxious, while others are fearful, we would be beacons of hope and love, steadfast on you and your word. So thank you, my God, for the way that you are raising us up for a time such as this. And we will make sure to give you the glory and honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Walking around.